Job 28. If I said, do you know the peanut man? How many of you would have an idea who I'm talking about? The peanut man, okay? Good, some of you do. Um, If we get through everything, you'll know about him when the day's over as a form of illustration. But um, I want you to think about who do you consider to be wise in your life? um, Who do you consider to be wise? And you might say, wow, that's a really broad term. Wise in what? And it is a broad term, and there are people that have had great accomplishments, but does God consider them to be wise? And who we consider to be wise, does God consider them to be wise? Wisdom is something that... um, has been a perpetual search of mankind in many, many various ways. And yet, it is an interesting search. Job 28 shows us that there is a search for wisdom. It shows us the scarcity of wisdom. And it shows us the source of wisdom. And and I find it interesting, the first part of Job 28 is, Job is very versed in his writings. He's, um, he's painting a picture for us, and he says, there's a mine for silver, and... There is a place where gold is refined, and mankind has gone where light hasn't gone. And he used terms, and mankind goes down in these areas, and they swing back and forth. And and you can see the picture that he has. Miners that have gone down searching for gold and silver and dug deep into the earth, and, and we live in an area where the history of Lucas County and southern Iowa is miners for coal. I I learned this last week that um, Lucas County was at one time the richest county in the state. I said, really? Yeah, absolutely. We've come a long ways, haven't we? No. But that's how things change because of the mining That was done here. Lucas County was the richest county in the state of Iowa. And and those miners, I can't even comprehend, going down into the bowels of the earth and in darkness with little lamps and working there all day. And Job is painting this picture. And and he says, also, we, we plant crops on the earth, but underneath, He says, it is turned up as by fire. And he says, there's sapphires and there's onyx and there's gold and there's these precious jewels that are dug out of the earth. 
And he goes on and he talks about mankind. We cut channels into rocks and and direct them where we want them to go. We dam up the streams for our own benefit. We do all these things and you can find gold and silver and resources and crops. And then he says in verse 12, but where can wisdom be found? There isn't a vein of wisdom that you come across and dig in the earth and mine it out of the earth. And, and he goes on and says, does man even know the value of wisdom? I mean, wisdom is priceless, he's saying. And he lists all these things. If you bring uh, sapphires, if you bring crystal, if you bring gold and coral of quartz and all these things, can it purchase wisdom? And rhetorically, he's saying, no, you can't purchase wisdom. You can't go anywhere and dig and find it or anything like that. And so he asks again in verse 20, From where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living. And he goes on and he, he says, The birds of the air, they don't know where it comes from. Um, God sees all this and understands it all. And he concludes then by giving us what God said about wisdom. But before we look at that, I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And notice verse 7. Proverbs 4 and verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all your getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. It is the first thing. It is first in place, in time, in order, in rank. It is the first thing. It is the most excellent possession. What he's saying, with, with all you're getting, make sure the one thing you get is wisdom. So we understand what he's saying. Employ all your worldly effort, all your worldly gain to get wisdom Do whatever you have to, to obtain wisdom. So we say, okay, I understand that. And yet, if we look at our lives, how much of our lives are committed to that end? So, go back with me again to Job 28. So, Job in in chapter 28 He says, mankind cannot find wisdom, cannot produce wisdom in and of ourself. And God declared, verse 28 of Job 28, 
And to man, God said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. As men, mankind, we know how to find wealth. But we struggle with true wisdom from God's perspective. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1 tells us in verse 7. And he says the same thing in Psalm 111. And he says the same thing in Proverbs chapter 2. So, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we must fear and respect God enough that we come to Him. That's the very beginning of wisdom. You can't have wisdom without God. And, and it is the beginning of wisdom. It's not somewhere down the line. We must fear and respect God enough to seek Him and value Him. See, it's... It's, I'm not going to go into the fear of the Lord today because we don't have time for it. But the fear of the Lord draws us to Him out of respect that He is God, He is the authority, and I better find out what He says. And I better walk according to His ways. But God goes into detail to spell out to us what the fear of the Lord is, and how we can get wisdom. Turn again back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. These are the Proverbs, the son of David, king of Israel. Notice verse 2. I guess one of the reasons I love Proverbs so much is it, it tells you it's not hiding anything. Right here it says, these are the Proverbs... Of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Here's their purpose. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. And a wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will attain to wise counsel, to understand the proverb. So, here's the purpose of the book of Proverbs. He tells it right there. To know wisdom and instruction and perceive the words of understanding. But he goes much deeper than that. Turn to chapter 2. So, how do I fear God? How do I get wisdom? Proverbs chapter 2. My son... If you will receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, there's that analogy back to what Job mentioned, and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God 
For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to them that walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good way. So Job is saying, how do we understand God? I don't understand what's going on in my life. And, and God says, the fear of the Lord, that is the beginning of wisdom. So how do we fear God? Well, Proverbs 2 gives us six steps in fearing God. My son, if you will receive my words. Number one, receive the word of God. I mean, this specifically, Proverbs was written to give us wisdom, but the word of God is wisdom. If I ignore the word of God, I am turning my back on wisdom. The first step is I fear and respect God enough that I am going to have a heart to the Word of God. That is, that is going to be my heart. And I am going to receive the Word of God. That I make that a priority in my life. We often say, well... I just don't have time to get in the Word. I wouldn't tempt God too much with that because He can give you time. He can make you so you could never work again. And He says the number one thing in your life, and I know some of you are already thinking, but I have to work to pay bills. Exactly. But there's enough time in the day to take our heart to the Word of God And go to the Word of God and say, I can't live by all this bread that I'm earning. I can't live by bread alone. I need the Word of God. And until we as Christians in America get desperate for the Word of God, there is no hope. And the fear of the Lord begins. How how do I know to even fear God if I don't know God? Knowing God isn't saying, yeah, I know, I know God sent His only Son. He died, rose again. He's coming back again. He's my shepherd. He'll care for me. That isn't, that isn't knowing God. That's knowing about God. But if you want wisdom, it begins by going to the Word of God. And, and for 34 years from this pulpit, this same message has been preached And I hope I die preaching it, because it's the only thing we have. But we need to awaken to it. Where is God's Word in your life? Pick the best time of you. When are you the most alert in your day? That ought to be the time you say, this God is your time right here. Or to find something, we we give God a a little bit. I got to go on. Receive the word. Number two, you think that's bad. Hang on, all right? He says, and treasure my commands within you. 
Treasure my commands within you. That means to memorize and meditate on God's Word. If you want wisdom, it's not just reading the Word. It's memorizing it and through the day asking the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, to bring the things that you've memorized, to meditate upon those things. And, and we shared Wednesday night, meditating is, is ruminating. It's like a cow chewing his cud. cud. Literally, that's what it means. That you take it in, you think on it, you bring it up again, you chew on it, you get the nutrients out of it, you bring it up again. How many stomachs does a cow have? Three, is it? Four. Okay. So that's how it literally means we're chewing on the Word of God throughout our day as we're working, asking God to bring it again We could do a series on every one of these points. Number three, so that you incline your ear to wisdom. Number three, listen to things from God's perspective. Listen to things from God's perspective. So that means I need to listen to good things that are coming from God's perspective. I've I've said... We'd all be better off not watching the news. And this week it hit me. That's biblical. That's a command of God. Am I bending my ear toward things from God's perspective? Is that God's perspective to instill fear in everyone? Fear, fear, fear. No. Man, I ought to... And we live in the most favorable time. You can, you can download or get or read good godly messages that you ought to be bringing into your life, bending your ear. It's not just even the news. It's, is this from God's perspective? Did you hear about so-and-so? Is that how God views it? But to purposely say, you know what? I'm going to listen to this because... It's inclining my ear toward wisdom. Well, I don't have much of an appetite. Well, sometimes we need to make ourselves have an appetite. And we must start bringing in, rather than the garbage of the world, incline our ear, listen to things from God's perspective. Then, in Proverbs 2, He says, verse 3, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. Pray for wisdom. And I, I should have put down, cry out for wisdom. Yes, if you, he says here, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding... If we realized how desperate we are for God's wisdom, we'd be crying out, God, I cannot live the Christian life by myself. I need you. God, I cannot love my wife or my husband the way I ought to. I need you. God, I cannot raise these kids. And we can't. 
God, I need you. God, I cannot get along with these people at work. I need you. God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need wisdom. You don't know what to pray? Just say, I need wisdom. God, I need you. But we're not crying out to God. God, here's an issue in my life. I need wisdom to cry out. And and notice, if you lift up your voice for understanding and cry out for discernment, it's he says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. But the whole nature of, of Proverbs 2 here is, is a desperate crying out to God. God, I need wisdom. I can't do this. And then he says, if you search for her as for hidden treasures, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, searching for silver... Searching for gold or silver out out west, they during the gold rush days they would take their little pans and scoop some some soil, dirt, rocks from the streams and and they would search diligently for any little fleck of light and silver and gold and and search diligently. Got in and and dug deeply. It's more than just a casual reading of God's Word. That's receiving it. It's to get in and search. I mean, so we come tonight and and we study Proverbs 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31. Okay? How much did you search those? Or did you just get an answer? I, I can speak on behalf of our facilitators. They'll ask a question, and many times there's no answer. Why? Did you find any gold in here? Nah, I didn't. It's like asking a kid to go in his room and look for the one shoe that's missing. Walks in the room. Nope, not in the room. Mom goes in and moves stuff and digs through stuff. Here it is. Sometimes she just walks in and sees it on the floor right there. But we don't have time to search God's Word. This is the principal thing. The most important thing. Search for it. And then, verse 7 He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly, to walk in it, to live it. I'm going to now, I'm not searching this to win Bible trivia contests. I'm not searching this to to spouse my knowledge at our small group meeting and, and make people think, wow, he really knows the Word of God. I'm searching this to live it. To make a difference in my daily life. That's what I'm searching it for. That's why I'm crying out to God. That's why I'm pleading with Him and searching for this. And it is imperative. So we ask, okay, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So 
what is, what is wisdom? Wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. When I fear God and I desire Him, I will do those things of Proverbs chapter 2. And I want to know Him. And, and so I cry out for wisdom and I bend my ear toward things from God's perspective. And I want then God to change how I see everything in life. Everything is to be seen from God's perspective. We, we, we have a big emphasis. We've had for a number of years a big emphasis on self-worth. If we saw things from God's perspective, we would know that we are made in the image of God. Wow, what more self-worth do I need? But when we put God out of our society, out of our education, out of our lives, we need people to come in and say, Oh, you're special. You're a winner. You just got beat 66 to nothing, but you're a winner. You're good. You're special. They're not special because they're a human being just here. They're special because they're made in the image of God. But if you take God out of the picture, we don't even see ourselves. See, it's learning to see everything. It's learning to see my sin. I am a sinner. I am repulsive by my nature to God. God is holy. And to see the greatness of my sin and the helplessness of my sin and to know that there is no help, there is no hope for me. And then to see from God's perspective, but God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and to begin to see, wow, He alone is the answer to my sin. See, that's wisdom. That's seeing things from God's perspective. And, and seeing salvation. It is a gift of God. It's not of works that I can boast in. It is a gift of God received by grace through faith. See, it's learning to see the people in my family the way God sees them. See, God sees them as, as made in His image. He loves them. He sees them as designed to be part of your life to make you more like Christ. And so we get upset or disgusted with our spouse and we're seeing them through our eyes, not from God's perspective. How does God see them? Well, God doesn't approve of them leaving the towel in the bathroom there to get moldy. God looks way beyond that. How do you look at your kids? From God's perspective, you're going to have to see it here. Oh, I love my kids. Okay, that's good. That's a good start. Do you see your kids the way God sees them? He loves them? Absolutely. 
But he also understands all men are liars. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. How do you see your parents? Do you see them the way God sees them? God saw them this special that he gave you the parents that you have. You didn't choose your parents and they didn't choose you. There's some days it's more evident than others that they didn't choose you and you didn't choose them. But the reality is God designed the very parents you have for you. How do you view your neighbors? Never fixes his fence and always has his cows out and blows his grass in my yard and his trees fall. I don't even have a tree in my yard. And his leaves blow in my yard, we say, you know, or... or I mean, you can look at anything. Do you see them the way God does? Circumstances. To see it the way God does. And again, you won't ever unless you're doing Proverbs 2. Okay, God, you allowed this circumstance to come into my life. How, what is your purpose in this? How can you help me see? God, I need wisdom here. This is a big one. Our, our world events. If you do not see what is going on in our world today from God's perspective, you will either be, one, blindly ignorant, or, number two, you will be beside yourself with angst, anger, and worry. But if you step back and see the world, what's going on in the world today from God's perspective, it will help you to understand that's wisdom. Do you not think that everything is moving toward a global economy, a global religion, and a global government? Uh, Did God ever say anything about that? I mean, if, if you don't think that, God have pity on your soul. And, and how you view the things that are coming. He says, in this world, it should not surprise you if there's persecution. Yeah, but we're Americans. Um, that's in our Bill of Rights. Well... It is. And, and I'm going to go down fighting, Lord willing, for the Bill of Rights in our Constitution. But you know what? It's being trampled under feet every day of our lives. And whether there's a Bill of Rights or not, that changes nothing with my relationship with God. And it is important that we view what's going on in our world today from God's perspective. Is that easy? No. That's why we're saying, God, help me to have wisdom. Help me to know how to respond. There is a lot of deception going around in in Christian circles. I mean, bend your ear toward that which has understanding. I, I've said many times over, one one aspect, and 
if you'd listen to the one-hour program of Understanding the Times, it would bend your ear to help see a big picture. There, yesterday's program said there are churches, that evangelical churches, that give an altar call to come grab some dirt in your hand and, and say that you are going to honor the earth. And they believe, for God so loved the world, that means our planet. It doesn't mean the people. This is happening in churches that used to preach the gospel. Well, man, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. He said there would be a great falling away in the end times. But see, this is wisdom, and we're not going to have it if we don't search the Scriptures and cry out to Him. Wisdom will show up in our daily lives. It's not just knowledge. It's not just what's going on. In Sunday school hour, we'll look at this more clearly. But wisdom will show up in our daily lives. And wisdom is trusting God and obeying God even when you can't see his perspective. Sometimes Job couldn't see his perspective, couldn't see what was going on. But Job continued to trust him. I mentioned the peanut man. The peanut man was born in slavery. When he was a week old, his mother and brother were kidnapped by slave traders and taken to a distant state. His father died before he was born. He was frail, weakly, sickly child that could not work. Um, he ended up essentially being homeless, traveling from town to town, and um, doing what he learned to do. He was rejected from college. Eventually, he was befriended by a white couple in Winterset, Iowa. They saw his great potential and they enrolled him in Simpson College in Indianola, Iowa. He eventually graduated from Iowa State Agriculture School. He went on and literally transformed agriculture by introducing crop rotation, soil enrichments, but he came most famous for his research in peanuts, where he developed more than 300 food and industrial and commercial uses for the peanut. His name was George Washington Carver. And they asked him for his secret of success, not just in the peanuts, in in every area. And unashamedly, he spoke of his faith. He spoke of his conversion as a 10-year-old and his diligent Bible study for 30 years. And he emphasized the teachings of Christ. And he said, I love to go out into the woods and pray. And Carver's faith was very practical. And he frequently claimed that his insights came from God 
And one day he sat down with the peanut and he said, God, you created this. Help me to understand the uses of this peanut. He did Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. And God gave him wisdom. A heart that cries after God. The great need in our day today is wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And go back to Proverbs chapter 2 again. Notice the promise that he gives there. In Proverbs chapter 2, after you do these things, verse 5, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Excuse me. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Notice that. Then, after you receive his word and hide it in your heart and meditate on it, and listen to things from God's perspective, and cry out for wisdom, and search for it, and live for it, and let it live out of your life? He says, then you'll understand. Then the Lord will take care of your way. What's going to happen in our nation? What's going on? Well, it ought to drive us to God. That's what it ought to do. What's going on here? And you know what? You can't keep living the same way And have wisdom. It means adjusting some things. It means saying no to this so that I can say yes to God. What's it going to matter? What's it going to matter if we knew all the details of what's going on in our world here, but we don't really know God? And I believe God is trying to give we as believers in this world today a wake-up call that says, where do I find wisdom? I need wisdom. And we have all these things, Google search, DuckDuckGo search, Brave search, I don't care what search you use. Oh, let's go. Have you Googled it? That's just, have you checked God's word for it? I'm thankful for all the resources we have, but you know what it's made us do? It's made us neglect the Word of God. And it's made us quit crying out to God. When I say all the resources, all the resources that we have in Christian circles. But it comes back to God. And until there's a return to God, we won't have wisdom. It's the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would truly stir our hearts to desire and long for you as we never have before. Lord, desperate times require desperate means. And Lord, regardless of the times, humanly, we are desperate without you. And I pray that we would desperately cry out to you for wisdom. 
that we would search for you. Lord, I pray even now that your spirit would penetrate hearts and lives here as to what changes we can make and, and need to make in our lives to enable us to search you as never before. Lord, we sang earlier, you are the treasure that I seek. I pray that we're not singing a lie when we sing that. Lord, it's so easy for us to treat, to see other things as the treasure. Lord, we sang, to give up, I would be a fool. Lord, I pray that you would truly be our all in all. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.